Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Woo! I'm you. <laughs> you gotta get your breath and catch your breath and figure out how we're going to do this thing, but nevertheless, we'll do it, and God's faithful, and He gave us just the right thing. In fact, it's interesting because I was going to go a particular direction this morning, and then just in the midst of all that we were doing, it just seemed like God was putting something different on my heart, and so I just trust that it will help somebody this morning and and, uh, be a blessing to you. Uh, But this morning, we're starting a new series as, as we get ready for this outreach, and the new series is called Ghost Stories. And uh, everybody's familiar with ghost stories and what that looks like, or maybe you've been sitting around the campfire and uh, somebody telling a ghost story. But have you ever noticed that when it comes to ghost stories, that they always got to have the right atmosphere? I mean, nobody sits around, you know, the beach at 12 o'clock in the afternoon and, you know, <laughs> telling ghost stories. I mean, I mean, that's just not the environment for it, right? But, you know, it seems as though whenever you're telling that story, it's in the darkest of night, maybe sitting around a campfire or maybe a group of people hanging around with flashlights or whatever it might be, and it always seems as though it's dark, right? And, and, and as you're starting or somebody's starting to tell the ghost story, you know, everybody's kind of laughing and like, oh yeah, whatever, and just playing it cool and thinking they're so tough. But it's interesting, the dynamic, that as somebody starts to get further into the story, that the darkness of the night starts to get a little bit darker. And the noises off in the distance become a little bit more amplified. And the shadows seem to get a little bit bigger, you know, as you're listening to the ghost story. Or maybe it's even watching a scary movie. And then you start to feel the hair stand up on the back of your neck. And all of a sudden you start to realize... I'm feeling a little bit different than I did before just because we were telling the story. And the reason being is because when you first started the story, it was just you sitting together getting ready to hear a story. But the moment everybody had a captive audience, there was somebody else that decided to come and sit with you. And it's fear. Fear decided to show up the moment we started telling these ghost stories. And isn't it interesting, as I said, when it comes to telling those stories, it seems as though uh, the darkness gets darker, the noises get more amplified, and it just seems like whenever fear shows up, it just becomes bigger and bigger, right? Fear will always run you in the ditch. Even music, isn't it interesting how music can, can play an effect on you? I remember my son, we, we do of our due diligence to try to not let our kids watch scary stuff or try to protect them from that just because we just don't want to expose them to fear. You know, we just, we're, we're, we expose them to faith stuff, you know. And so we just purpose not to uh, let them partake of that just to protect them. But this was several years ago, and I don't remember what if it was on the television or if it was on the radio or something, but it was some kind of intense music, kind of like that music of a scary movie kind of thing. And I remember when it came on, I heard it, and my little boy being maybe three, maybe four, he's like, I don't like that. (laughs) I mean, there was nothing to see. It was just the music, but something was attached to the music just in the way that it was played. 
You know what I mean? Why? Because fear wants to show up and always take you in the ditch. And like I said, even if you were that person that was trying to tell a ghost story on the beach in the middle of the afternoon, have you ever noticed that in the midst of the daylight you were just fine and you didn't have a problem with what you heard, but the moment that it starts to get dark, that story starts to come back and talk to you, right? You start to think about it and it's like, woo! Why? Because fear showed up. Fear always has a way of running things in the ditch. They always make things bigger than what they are. And really, it's just a tactic of the enemy to get you in a place that creates defeat within your life. And so this morning, I want to look at a portion of Scripture. And this is Jesus speaking. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And he has an interaction here with his disciples that I think is very interesting and begins to paint a picture. Now, let me just give you a disclaimer here because Jesus is making reference to money and stuff. Now, that's not the point of me bringing this scripture out, but the principles by which he is responding to is uh, applicable to really every area of our life. How many of you have ever experienced fear within your finances? How many of you ever had fear or experienced fear within your emotions? Mm -hmm. Now, when I say fear, it could be worry. It could be care and concern. Or maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your health. Every single one of us have an opportunity to experience fear. And as I said, fear will always run things into the ditch and make things a whole lot bigger than what they are. And so Jesus, he begins to address his disciples here. And he says in verse 24 of chapter 6, He says, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will uh, be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Verse 25 says, therefore I say, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. Is life not more or is is not life more than food uh, and and body, uh, food and the body more than clothing? Notice what he says here. He says, don't worry about these things that I'm getting ready to talk to you about. But he precedes that by saying, you cannot serve God in mammon or riches. And the whole point of what he's talking about concerning riches is that is a great opportunity for you to get concerned and worried in different affairs of your life, right? And again, if you've ever experienced money issues, you can worry. But my point is this, is that worry is nothing more than fear. And he says you can't serve one or the other. Have you ever noticed that fear will demand that you serve it? You say, well, how does it demand that I serve it? Just try to get in faith about something. Just try to believe God about something. The doctor gives you a bad report and says you've only got six months to live and you want to get in faith and say, God, I believe you. God, I trust you. But fear says... Come here. I want you to serve me. I want you to be really afraid right now. Right? It will demand your attention. I want you to pay attention to the pain in your body. I want you to pay attention to the deficiency in your bank account. I want you to pay attention to the lack of communication in your marriage right now. I want you to pay attention that your kids are acting so foolish and you don't know where they're at right now. 
It will demand that you serve it. And God says you can't serve both because fear and worry will always try to run you in the ditch. Right? He goes on to say this in verse 26. He says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worry, can add one cubit to a stature? So notice what he says here. He says, now, don't worry. I want to just bring that out. I want to put it on the table. You're going to have an opportunity to worry. There's going to be a demand of your time, your affections, and your thought life. But don't worry. And then he says, now, look here. So here's what he's looking to do. He's trying to bring your attention away from worry, concern, and fear and have a contrast of God's faithfulness. He says, look at the birds. He says, do they worry about where they're going to live and what they're going to eat? He says, doesn't God take care of them? He says, how much more are you than they? See, God's saying, don't worry, but now let me help you and let me present my heart for you so that you can get out of fear and get into faith. Right? And then he says this. Uh, which one of you, by worrying, can add one cubit? Well, let's say you're believing God for money or you're believing God for health. He says, did you ever, did your worrying or did your fear, did it ever add anything to you that was beneficial? You know, by worrying, did it add any more money to your bank account? By worrying or getting into fear, did it add any more physical strength or health to your body? Oh, no. Your worry and your fear doesn't add nothing to your life that's positive. But worry and fear will add that which you fear. It'll compound it. It'll amplify it. It will make it a whole lot bigger than what it really is and begin to demand your allegiance and your affection toward it. He goes on to say this. In verse 27, he says, Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? Verse 28, he says, So why do you worry about clothing? Now notice what he does again. He says, Consider... Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow and how they neither torn nor spin. And yet I say to you, even Solomon in, in, in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So he's saying, I'm identifying something right here that you don't have a whole lot of faith. He says, so I'm trying to distract you from what you're fearing of and bring you over to here and show you the faithfulness of God. And here's the thing. He says, right now you have just a little bit of faith. He says, oh, you of little faith. But now he also says the faith that you have is enough to combat this fear that you got going on in your life. Don't we so often think, God, I need such great faith? In fact, one of the disciples said at one time he was uh, uh, talking to him, he says, Lord, increase our faith. And Jesus says, you don't need a lot of faith. He says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, he says, you could say to this sycamine tree, be rooted up and cast into the sea. 
Amen. He says, you don't need a lot of faith. He says, the faith that you have is enough. And he says, the fact that I'm trying to draw your attention to the little things that God does, even the fact that He'll take care of the sparrows, if you just focus on that, there's enough faith in that to put you over in life. That God loves you more than He does the birds. Amen. 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 Come on, you're much more valuable than they. <coughs> Praise God. You know, I said to you, he said to the sick of mine tree, I don't know about you, but there's been some things in my life that I'm sick of mine. <laughs> Have you gotten anything in your life that you're just sick of yours? I'm sick of mine. He says, well, then use your faith. <laughs> Come on, I've got some stuff. It's, it's time to go. I'm sick of some of this worry. And isn't that what we do sometimes? We think, oh, dear God, it's the right thing to do to worry about this. It's just not, it's just not being a good steward of my life if I don't worry about that. And so we take it on as ours. you got to get sick of your worry, sick of your fear, sick of your concern, and say, God, I'm ready to serve you and give it to you. Yeah, Amen? Mm-hmm. Why? Because God doesn't want you to live in a position and a place of fear. And your life, if you let it, will be consumed with ghost stories that are larger than life. Right. Amen. Right. I don't care what it is. Like I said, it can be the simplest thing. You, you let the devil start talking to you, he'll make it a big issue. Right? In fact, uh, uh, just kind of a scenario. Uh, how I said any little thing, we can start to allow it to mess with us. Well, you know, with our children, uh, there's our, our, our middle daughter. She's playing basketball right now. And so in playing basketball, there's this little other child... That is just a blessing of the Lord. <laughs> She's just a real blessing. Praise God. And uh, so in just seeing the dynamics of that, you know, my wife, she starts talking about it. And boy, you talk about a, you talk about a mother hen getting riled up, man. I'm telling you, she's like, watch out. She, I'm about ready to go up to the school and uh, have a conversation with those coaches, with that girl, with that girl's mom, and I'm about ready to go talk to that principal. And so as we start talking about it, well, I see it from a different perspective than she does. And obviously men and women typically do, <laughs> right? But just in where she was, she started looking at this and looking at this and looking at that, and it's becoming this big thing. But see, we also got to get to that place where we're sick and tired of being consumed and led by and dictated to by fear in our lives and get this tenacity to say, no more. I'll fight. You know, that was one of those things that my dad, he always thought this was kind of funny. In fact, I think he still tries to do it with my kids sometimes. I'm like, man, dad, you didn't need to stop that. You know, but my dad always thought it was funny to, to, to scare you. And so I, I think it was my grandparents. I think my grandparents had this mask, and I was petrified of this mask because my, my grandma, I don't know if it's a witch or something, but she, man, I just, pull. Oh, she'd get out of the closet, and it would just send me off crying. I think it came home one day, and it, I was going into the parents' bedroom. The uh, bathroom was in their bedroom, and Dad happened to be in the dark bedroom, and I think he had that mask on. That's so why I come walking through the bedroom in the dark, and he's around the corner. He's like, ah! Well, you know, as a kid, you know, I was like, ah! But what I ended up doing, just my nature of how I am, 
rather than running or crying, the first initial like ah, and like ah, you know, and I, and I attacked my dad, and, and my dad just thought that was the funniest thing ever, you know. It's like, you know, it's like I tried to scare him, and he came and attacked me, you know. But that's how you gotta get. Rather than allowing fear to set you off running or crying, you need to get a tenacity about you and say, you know what, if you're, if you're wanting to, to put up a fight, we're going to have a fight right here. But I'm going to tell you, I've already won. I know how the outcome comes. And you can tell me all the stories you want to. You can make it seem so big. You can make it so extreme. You can take it in the ditch. But I'm here to tell you, I'm here to win. And I'm not going to get into fear. Amen. So he says... We've got a purpose to not worry. He continues to say it a, a, a several, several different times here. He says, in verse 31, he says, Therefore, don't worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? He says, For all these things the Gentiles seek. He says, For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. In the... I think it's in the New King or the, the King James Version. I think it says, take no thought saying. So how is it that we buy into or cooperate with or come into allegiance with fear in our lives? We open up our mouths and we start to agree with. It says, take no thought saying. That's good. How many times have we said, I'm so broke? I'm so sick and tired. I'm so tired. I used to do that all the time because I was so tired. I mean, I'm so tired. And I'd say it all the time. And finally, the Lord arrested me. He says, well, you keep saying you're tired. He says, well, that's why you're so tired, because you keep saying you're tired. Right? I mean, you can look at your wife or your husband, and, and you can talk yourself into not liking them. Seriously, Right? I mean, my, <laughs> my wife don't need any help. I can, I can help her real good in that area. But there's times where she's like, you know what? Just get away from me. I don't want to see you right now. Right? Well, everybody can experience those. But there's always some thought that comes. That will come and say, yeah, you don't need that. You don't need to take that. Or create this huge thing, Right? Come on, has anybody ever been hurt from a spouse before or a loved one? Sure you have. Everyone has. And you don't have to get your dirty mail out here right now. (laughs) But we all know that there's something that has hurt us deep inside, right? And over time, you've chosen to kind of move forward and chose to be able to look beyond that. But you know how it is. There's just something, whether it's someone or some smell, some food, some music, a movie, whatever, it re-engages that thought, don't it? And what do you have to do? You have to choose to not give in to the fear, the concern, the worry, or the hurt. I have a, a, a pastor friend, just not too long ago, we got together for a coffee, and we had met several uh, months prior to that, and something had happened within their marriage. He, he didn't uh, elaborate on what it was. I could speculate. But he said, you know what? I almost lost our church because of some of the things that I did. And he said, and my wife forgave me. And he says, but you know, there's just certain times where something happens 
and she'll be right back there again. And he said, it's like it's fresh and it's like it happened yesterday. Well, come on. If, God, if the enemy does that to ministers, well, you're the body of Christ, so he does that to you too. Why? It's to get you to live in that place where you're not living from a position of victory, but the ghost stories of your life get you in the ditch and will keep you there. Right? Causing you to be dominated by and controlled by fear within your life. Well, how is it that I combat fear and worry and concern in these areas and these affairs of my life? Remember, he says, take no thought saying. So if I take thought saying, then I can purpose not to take it by saying or saying the right things. In fact, just for fun's sake, let's turn to Philippians chapter, Philippians chapter 4. Told you this morning's a little bit different, but praise God, it's going to be good anyways, right? Mm-hmm. Philippians chapter 4. Starting in verse 4. When you got it, say, I got it. All right, turn to your neighbor, tell him, hurry up. All right. right. Verse 4. The Apostle Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Come on, have you ever had to stir yourself up more than once? Okay, let's, let's rejoice. Let's get happy right now. No, I said, let's get happy because I'm not feeling it. He says, rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. He says, let your gentleness, gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. And then notice what he says in verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known. And the peace of God, which guards your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So notice he says, anxiety, stress, is going to come against your mind. He said, but the way you combat that is purpose not to be anxious. Don't be anxious for anything. That's good. That means you don't have an excuse. Well, listen, I really want to feel sorry for myself right now. You don't have the right to feel sorry for yourself. You say, well, listen, you don't know what happened to me. Well, I know what Jesus did. I know what Jesus did to set you free from the thing that has been holding you prisoner. And if you want to have a boo-hoo bad story or feel sorry for yourself, you will stay in that rut for the rest of your life until you die. Or you can come choose to, to get out of the rut and live victoriously and get out of the place that you've been in this period of time. But then notice what he says here. Not only did he say, don't be anxious. He says this in verse 8, finally, brethren. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's anything virtuous, if there's anything that's praiseworthy, meditate or think on these things. So he says in order for you to not serve fear, worry, and anxiety, you've got to choose what you're going to think on. And the Bible also says this in regards to us uh, as, as his kids. He says, I desire that your life produces fruit. And he says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. But fear is nothing more than a deep root that will begin to erode and rot the fruit in your life. You'll find that too long, uh, if you allow fear and worry and concern to, to, to mess with your life too long, 
the fruit of peace is going to begin to wither up. The fruit of joy is going to begin to wither up. Of love. Right? We've got to do something about it. He says, you do something about it. How? Through praise and thanksgiving. Do you recall the story where the Bible says that God spoke to His people and He says, now go possess the land. And they sent out ambushments against them and then the prophet of the Lord says, okay, here's what we got to do. The Lord told me this is the strategy. He says, go get the praisers and put the praisers out front. Okay, so you're going to battle and you're putting Jordan out front. <coughs> well, it still a lot of confidence. <laughs> Just messing with Jordan. <laughs> he says, put Jordan out front, man. He says, let's, let's put the praisers out there. And he says, this is what you're going to say. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. Mm-hmm. Well, that doesn't sound like that makes a whole lot of good strategy sense when you're going to battle. But God says, listen, don't worry about getting into fear. Don't worry about the ambushments. Don't worry how big the army is. He says, you put the praisers out front. And so here's what they did. They put their praisers out front and the praisers started saying, For the Lord's good and His mercy endures forever. They took a step. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. And they took another step. And before you know it, the cadence started to pick up. For the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever. And then now they're marching. And the Bible says that because they sent the praisers out, that there was such a noise and such a stir that the enemy began to attack one another and killed one another. And when they got there, the Lord is good and the mercy endures forever. (laughs) For the Lord is good and the mercy endures forever. And they look and the enemy is laying all dead round about them. Why? Because they decided to praise. What do we got to do? We've got to choose to praise the Lord. The Bible says that God inhabits the praises of His people. That word inhabit means that He settles right down in the midst of people, or it even means that He sits on them. Come on. When you're in the midst of the darkness when it seems like all hell's breaking loose, when it seems like nothing is turning in your life, begin to praise. Because listen, when God sits on something, it can't stand to be the same way it was. Amen? Amen. The Bible says this. Remember where He said, "I'm, I'm trying to get your attention on the goodness of God. Consider this little element of the sparrows. Just this little thing right here has the ability to produce faith that is big enough to take care of your problem. You don't need a whole lot of faith. You just need to stir up the faith that you have. The Bible says that at the entrance of light, it dispels darkness. Or I should say, at the entrance of His Word, bringeth light, and light dispels the darkness. How many of you know it don't take a whole lot of light to dispel darkness? You can have a pitch black room and strike a little match, and darkness is no more. But it's just a little match. I don't care how big the darkness is, how big the situation seems, how big the ghost story and how real it seems. 
if you allow the faith of God through His Word to build faith on the inside of you, and if it's just a matter of saying, God, all I know is that the Lord is good and His mercy endures forever, you'll find that as you continue to stand up and say that, it becomes alive on the inside of you. And listen... If you'll just get a fight about you when you begin to share God's Word or speak God's Word, it will turn into a praise. Now here's what I mean by that. Too many times people are looking at their circumstances and they're boo-hooing, bawling and squalling and complaining about it. And say, let's praise God. Come on, let's praise God. And the next thing they're doing, they're bawling. (laughs) It's so bad. Your tears don't move God. It's your faith. Right. Remember how I said when my dad tried to scare me? Was there fear that rose up on the inside? Oh yeah, but it's on. We're going to fight. And I don't care if you got to praise God mad just because you're mad at what's going on. Do it mad. Praise God. Praise God. Before you know it, something will begin to rise on the inside. Praise God. Yes. Praise God He's faithful. Praise God He's good. Oh, praise God my God is faithful to the end. And you'll find that the the fear that you turned into anger turned into genuine praise because you now got into a position of faith. Amen? Amen? Mm -hmm. Don't let the devil tell you that it's too big, that it's too late. It's never too late. As long as you got breath, as long as you can lift your voice, it's not done. Amen? Amen. So we're going to worship God before we get out of here. And we're going to lift our voice. And you know what's going on in your life. Now you might feel like crying. Don't cry. You might have to get mad at yourself just so you don't cry. But begin to praise God. Mad. I'm not saying you're mad at God. I'm saying just... The demeanor of where you're at. I'm mad. And God, I'm going to praise you. Right. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm-hmm. Let's turn it around this morning. Amen? Amen? Now, what does praise look like? Let me share one more story before we, we actually praise. I was thinking of this this morning with my son. You know, my son... We'll spar around and we'll goof off and we'll play, kind of wrestle and things like that. And there'll be times that maybe I am a little too rough with him and he'll start to cry. What I'll do is I'll start to rough him up. Mom's, dad's, hopefully, I don't know if I should tell you this story. (laughs) Hopefully you know what I'm saying by the example. Rather than let him cry and feel sorry for himself, I said, come on, boy. Come on, we don't cry. Come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Let let me see what you got. And I'll, I'll taunt him to the point where he won't sit back and just feel sorry for himself. Dad, you hurt me. He'll get up and say, okay, you're going to keep taunting me? All right, I'll bring it. And so what he does is rather than feeling sorry for himself and sitting back, he says, I'm going to fight. Are you getting my meaning? Yeah. When you worship God this morning, when you praise God, again, if you've got something going on in your life, this is a good time for you to just get it on and lift your voice. 
And you say, well, what will somebody think? I don't care what they think. It's not their ditch that they're living in. It's mine, and I'm getting out of it this morning. Amen. Your ghost story might be different than mine, but I'm not going to be haunted by my ghost story anymore. I'm going to lift my voice and praise God. Amen. So as we sing this song, I want you to make it your fight song. And then we're just going to worship God after that just a little bit. Lifting up our voice. Amen. Let's stand. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life